0: what is it like five six i think it's of six six of the double podcast i'm ophelia i am Estros, and we are your hosts for the night and we have two exciting guests yes that's right not one but two guests um Vasca and Vidiala. welcome hey 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 thanks for having us
1: yeah thank you welcome
0: so, uh, Vasca and Vidiala are both guild masters, and we've had a couple people ask us, you you, you ever going to talk about guild leadership and you both like to blog about it. So we went to the experts. Uh, Vidiala and Vasca both run a guild together called Business Time on Moonrunner, which is actually my old server. So it's when I heard that, I was all, woo, Moonrunner. And, uh, so we're just going to, you know, sit back and, and talk a bit about leadership and some challenges and to answer some of the questions of the, those of you have sent me. So I'll just I, go ahead.
1: I was just, saying, I just have a fun chat, too, because so that's kind of what we do here. So it'll be nice to just get to know two people. And we kind of wanted to make it up, I think, because we have been gone a little while. And I think we wanted to, you know, not, you know, not just have one guest host, but really we've never had two before. So I think this will be really interesting to do that, too. And I think it's going to be fun.
2: Sounds good.
0: That's hey, so welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Okay, so Thank as Ophelie mentioned you guys run your own guild, is that correct?
3: Yeah, well, um technically, I mean, I guess I'm I'm actually the guild leader, whatever whatever that means. Um Voss tends to handle all of the raid leading stuff and we have another two officers that work with us. Uh business time is a we used to call ourselves strict 10 because that was a big thing back in Wrath. Um we've always been focused exclusively on 10 mans. Um, No, we do 10 mans, but there's less strictness to it.
1: So did you guys do some 25s then, like BH?
3: No, no, not not as an organized guild thing. I mean, sometimes people might pug them, and that was the whole, the strict restriction was just meant as a designation to help people that were exclusively focused on 10s to kind of separate themselves out from people that, you know, they'd run 25s and maybe 10s for fun on the weekends or whatever, but they always had better gear for when they were going to be doing 25s, whereas we we did all of our raiding throughout Wrath with just the gear that came from 10s, that was it.
1: Right. I think there was a Druid blogger. I think she was, uh, her blog was called
3: Dreambound and
1: she was doing the same thing. And I remember mm-hmm. she was very, okay. yeah. yeah, she was very firm about that. That was the first time I ever heard that brought up.
3: Yeah, I I kind of thought of them as sort of like our horde side sister guild, like very very similar approach and kind of the same same goals. Our progression was very similar throughout Wrath as well. Although they were able to get um, heroic Leash King down without dropping their strict designation, which we later we ended up letting that go towards the very tail end of Wrath because it was fairly restrictive in that it what it did was like we used guild ox as a designation and it would check to see how many players had uh, 25 men Marogar kills or other kills in ICC and if you had too many people that had that then you would be disqualified from being considered so you know we couldn't have people's alts in the guild that had those kills and it just got to be to the point where we said you know is this really worth like just having our names on the on the roster at, at this rank rather than letting our guildies come in and have you know on their alts and hang out which is kind of the whole point of the guild. Right.
1: Now, what made you guys want to go for 10 mans over 25 mans? Because I know, I know 10 mans, I think they, if they officially, or they sort of kind of came into their own in Wrath. Um, and, and then that's how the strict 10 came about. But they were still kind of, I don't know how to say it. Like, they weren't really looked down upon, but they were still sort of a new. Sh-
3: right. So what kind, of, what kind of made you want to make that your main focus? I think the, the word I was thinking when you were saying that was marginalized. And I mean, it's true, yeah. you know, there, there's definitely sort of an air of like, oh, like serious raiders will raid 25s and people that raid 10s are just kind of casuals or whatever. Um, Well, in terms of the guild itself, we didn't actually found the guild. The guild was founded in April of 2009 by the original leader, and there's only a couple of people left that were from that time. We ended up joining it around October of that year. And as far as 10-mans go, I mean, we started out on a much smaller server. Um, We rated 10s casually. We moved to business time when we wanted to kind of step up our game. But we knew that we didn't want to go to a 25-man environment because we really like the... closeness and the camaraderie that like you know you're really close friends with everybody in your raid group but you can still do serious raiding or at least take raiding seriously and tackle some really tough challenges but you don't necessarily have to do it with i mean i don't know about you guys and maybe this is just just my perspective on it but uh, there's not that many people that i really really like and when you put 25 of them together there's definitely going to be people that i'm not going to like and I don't know. I just I just didn't want to be spending that much time every week with people that I didn't actually want to spend time with.
0: So you feel more, yeah. more like a team and less like a tossed salad.
3: Yeah, you know, there's there's nobody that, like there's no single person in my guild that I would not sit down and have a drink with that I don't consider a friend because, you know, that's that's why we're in a guild together. So to me, I think we get the best of both worlds. You know, we 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 can be friends and you know just talk in between trash there's enough room to give everybody sort of a place in the guild like i'm sure in in a larger environment with 25 people you can't exactly everybody can't speak up in between trash because somebody's gonna get mad it's like shut up there's too many of you
1: right i ran tens toward the end of wrath for a little while i was a 25 men raider for a long time, and I did a ten man ICC, ten man Eldworr, ten man hard modes, and, and I agree with you. It was a lot more intimate. It felt like you, um, at the same time, you know that we were getting along a lot better. It did, like you said, you were able to speak up if you wanted to, like in a twenty five man raid. I usually don't talk; I just kind of raid, and I felt more open to do that. Um, at the same time, though, I've always given ten man's credit because you can't really hide bad in a ten man. Um, when we, especially when we were doing the hard modes, everybody needed to pull their weight. Especially in like Syndragosa heroic putricide, you really needed ten good people. Um, and I've always I've always considered ten mans to be our equals. I've never I've never really um, I seen think the I difference. I'm it
0: more now too, especially because there is no difference in gear.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So like back during Wrath, if you had people with twenty five man gear, then you know you're less likely to die uh, now. And I always used to say, well, yeah, well yeah, of course, ten men. You lose one player." It, it is a bigger loss, but it's much harder to lose players. But now I don't find that true. I, I've done both 25s, and I'm in a 10-man guild, and it's a pain. I mean, people die a lot, and every time someone dies, you have to wipe.
1: Yeah, it's also interesting how the play style is so different. Like, I I do write most of my posts with a 25-man raider in mind, and and it's interesting, you know, Vid, that you had said that in Wrath, it was very marginalized, and tens were sort of looked down on. Now it's interesting that it's kind of come full circle, and nobody's running 25s anymore, and tens are the dominant setting. And um, the priests that I talk to that are running tens, their strategies are so different than mine. Um, Some of them tend to glyph differently than I do. They heal. They really have to work their butts off a a lot more and i'm not going to say that 25 man people don't work but when i hear how 10 man holy priests play there's chakra dancing and there's their mm-hmm. tank healing in there it kind of makes me want to do it just to see what they go through because it sounds like they really work for it a lot more
2: well the thing is with with 10 people you can't be as specialized as you are in 25 for example the i've heard uh, a lot of pallies that are Quite excited about the uh, the mastery spec, the new mastery spec that uh, that's coming out. In a twenty-five man, you can definitely spare somebody that will be uh, gemming and going full mastery. In a ten man, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit of a balance act because we only have three at most three heaters, and being able to do this, uh, all the things that need to be done, you need more flexibility at times.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because I'm actually going through that right now where my tank healing would improve a lot more if I had mastery. But when do I ever only tank heal?
1: right and this, I mean same thing with priests too like I mean right now I spend my time in one chakra state I use maybe the same three or four buttons and that's about it um, but when I see like I said when other holy priests who raid ten mans they're changing chakra states and they're having to have a different set of gear and do all of those things and I really, I really take my hat off to them because I'll, I'll even say some of them work harder than I do I can't say that my job is that hard as a 25 man holy priest and um, I, I really love hearing their stories because it's so different they literally play almost a 180 degree 180 degrees differently than I do it's almost like they're playing a different class like I we really can't relate to each other to a certain degree
3: yeah, it's, it's definitely been historically something that, like, you know, especially back in Wrath, like, of course, you know, we'd, we'd read Elitist Jerks and we'd do different things like that because we want to stay up on TheoryCraft but TheoryCraft wasn't necessarily um, geared towards us. Like, I know, I've spoken with the Holy Priest in our guild and he'd say, you know, like, they're, they're prioritizing these stats but I don't know, I think that's a 25 man thing, so I'm going to have to mix it up. I'm not sure if that's really working out for me. Like, I think maybe this is better for them than it is for me kind of thing. And it's it's definitely something that we we sort of grow accustomed to doing. And I think a lot of us enjoy that aspect. I mean, it would be nice probably if there was a bit more theory craft that was kind of with tens in mind. But, you know, it's just one of the things that goes with the territory. Well,
1: I think on a larger scale, I mean, it affects 25s too. I think what's been interesting as a blogger, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but it's like in the past, people used to come to us and they'd want an answer. Like, I know for me, they would say, oh, haste or mastery. Mm -hmm. And it'd be very easy. And you would say, all of you, take haste, go and prosper. And they would, and they would prosper. But one thing that's been interesting about Canada is that everybody's different and we can't make those blanket statements anymore. You know, there's so much um, room for experimentation and and what you have in your raid. And, you know, every raid I've been through so far has had really crazy rosters. Like, I've been in guilds with no shaman in the Mm -hmm. raid. At all. I was in a guild with no moonkin and like one warlock, and it, you really just have to do what works for you. And I think it's really great now what you said of sort of taking the theory crafting and, you know, making it fit you. I think everybody's getting a taste of that now with just the different settings and comps and things like that. It's a good time.
3: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun, you know, and it, and again, like being in a 10-man, you can't always count on, it. I mean, we just got, I wrote a post a couple of weeks ago about how we could not keep a warlock to save our lives, so, you know, I'm going to knock on wood here, we have a warlock, but we haven't, it's very seldom that we've had one, we haven't had a moonkin for ages, probably most of the time, the only time we had a moonkin was when I played one, so, you know, I'm I'm looking for one, but they're like an endangered species, I would kill for a moonkin. We have three right now. <laughs>
0: We have one, but he doesn't like to to do it.
1: Yeah, see, we have three Moonkin, one Mage, and... I think we have two shaman maybe so <laughs> trade yeah wow. it's almost like they were baseball cards like we'll give you our moon can if right. you give us a main. <laughs> So yeah, we have a
0: boomkin but he's a he's an amazing healer he's really really good and when he plays boomkin I, I think boomkin are suffering right now a little bit from dps from what i'm told and anyway so he goes from being on top of the healing meters you know making everyone else look bad to just drop him to the bottom of the dps meters when he goes boomkin so he doesn't like to go boomkin
3: I can relate to that. You know, that's, that's tough about being a hybrid player, because I did the same thing when I played my Moonkin. You know, I was never really that great in terms of, compared to the other people in DPS, like, very middle of the pack, and then some nights I'd heal, and then I, would not, I wouldn't be that great either, because I'd be a little rusty, and my gear wasn't quite where the other healers were, and it's, it's frustrating, because you feel like you're never good at anything when you know that you could be, but you're sort of filling that niche.
1: So how do you guys, let's sort of transition a little bit. So we're talking about what your raid needs. Recruitment's been held, this expansion across the board. I've seen, I know Baru's written posts about it. Borsk has contributed things about it. It's a really strange time to be recruiting, just like it's a really strange time to be recruited. Um, How are you guys dealing with the recruitment changes in this expansion?
3: It's, um, it's been pretty brutal, honestly. Like, it, we've never seen so much turnover, um, since Cataclysm came out. Like, we, we basically spent all of Wrath with hardly any turnover whatsoever. Like, we had the same raid team for a year solid, and, and it was great, and I think we're sort of paying for that now because all of the players that were going to get burned out and tired of playing the game, they didn't want to play anymore, they all left at the same time, so you know for me it's just been constantly recruiting since we started in january I mean, we lost a, a dk tank and then we lost our resto druid and then we lost a resto shaman and then you know it was like tank healer healer and we lost three healers we've had almost complete turnover in the healer team um, especially so that's been pretty bad cuz it, it's one of those roles that's harder to fill in the sense that you want people that are going to be able to work together in addition to just being good players so in terms of recruitment, um, I don't know, I guess I'm really aggressive about it. I'm, I'm on the forums all the time. I, I use my blog as a, another avenue of sort of advertising and saying, hey, you know, you, you've you read about what we do. Maybe you'd like to join us if you'd be a good fit.
1: It's really great to see GMs get involved in the recruiting process because I've seen some that are so far removed from it. And it's almost like, you know, they designate somebody to be a recruitment officer and the recruitment officer sort of shows up on one knee and hands them names. And then the GM goes, you know, <laughs> I don't know any of these- these people and it's very I always thought it's really strange. I know, you know, what any any time I've ever been in an interview on Vent or Mumble, I like it when the GM comes in and says, Hi, I'm the GM mm-hmm. and asks me questions. I get very suspicious when GMs don't take part in that.
3: Yeah, I think that's definitely another hallmark of the whole 10-man thing, like <laughs> our recruitment process, and I, I hesitate to say this in case anyone's listening, that happens to be a Moonkin. Um, we, we scare the hell out of prospective applicants. Like they come, once we get the interview, you say, you know, come at this time or whatever, and we try to get the whole guild in on the interview. So mm-hmm. you might have like between 10 and 14 people like listening to what you're saying and asking you questions because it's really really important to us that whoever we do get to come on board is a really good fit personally with everybody in the guild because if you have someone that just you know maybe some people like them but some people really hate them I mean, it's not going to work out when you have such a small team so we um, we definitely put them through the ringer to make sure that they're gonna they're gonna fit in with everybody.
0: So how do oh, you yeah. do your recruitment process? Do you have you apply on the website and then you go on vent or is it just to say, well, I'd like an interview and you go on vent?
3: We have a written application that um, I recently fleshed out because we've been getting some really, um, really short, nondescriptive <laughs> answers, I guess, which I don't know. Some people said, well, you shouldn't have to encourage them to say more, but I don't know. Maybe they were too yes and no. So there's a written application that's submitted through the website. And then once we see those, we uh, we go sort of behind closed doors and we have a thread on our forums where we'll talk about the person and I'll say, you know, like suppose it's a death night. I don't know anything about death knight, So I say, okay, like who has a death? night old. can you check this person out sometimes they'll even go on Twitter and say here's an armory can you tell me does this person look like they know what they're doing for their class if I don't have anybody in guild that, that is a resource for that and if everyone is more or less in agreement like sometimes it's a no brainer you know if someone likes, writes a really great app and everyone goes I want to interview this person so then we say we'd like to talk to you and then we set up a mumble interview and you know if people don't really like the app they're not that, not that sold on it we might just say you know thanks but no thanks and then we don't bother doing doing an interview.
1: But now, what do you think? Some of the more other, pre- I mean, there's a, there's some extreme practices that sort of go on out there from a recruitment standpoint. Um, one thing that's been brought up for, and that I noticed, was that people were throwing their real ID information at me. I was getting oh a gosh. lot of DMs that were getting that out publicly. Um, it was very strange to see. Before in the past, it used to seem like people would grovel at the feet of guilds to be taken on board, and now it kind of seems the opposite, where people are groveling at the applicants to be a part of their guild. And you know, I I've had the experience, Experience of people would be on level ones and flood me with tells and there was just mm-hmm. this desperation and there was also the trend of paying for transfers like if they were so desperate for a class they would pay for your realm transfer or pay for your faction change have you resorted to any of that or it's
2: definitely a silver's market right now
3: yeah no, no, and and I'm not going to either. I mean, first of all, let's I'll, let's take these separately, I think, because they're sort of two separate issues. Um, the paying for transfers thing, we, I know we had a big discussion about this on Twitter at the time because it was something I noticed too, and you'd actually have people saying, um, you know, would like to have my transfer paid for, or just outright saying, like, requires paid transfer. And it was mind-boggling to me that there there are people that think that you should be paying for them to join your guild. and. Yeah. You know, I just... (laughs) This just blows my mind. So no, um, I'm definitely not going to be paying for anybody. I mean, I paid for all my server transfers and it's it's something that we tell people in the interview, you know, like you're aware that you're paying money to come and join the guild and if it doesn't work out, then you're either going to be stuck here on Moonrunner and you'll have to find another guild or you'll just be out 25 or $50 or however it comes to at the end and it's unfortunate and that's why we have such a, an extensive process that we want to talk to people and make sure that they are a good fit before they transfer. That's fair because we're not out to waste anybody's money, but I'm. I, I love my hobby, I do, but I'm not about to start putting that kind of money into it. It's not worth it. Um, as far as the real ID thing goes, that's another disturbing trend, and I don't know how everybody feels about this because I've seen just as many guilds saying, "Here's my real ID, hit me up," or you know, the applicant will say, "Here's my real ID, like contact me this way. Don't bother with my forum thread." And especially as a woman, that's a guild leader, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be giving my real ID to random strangers I don't know. I'm not that desperate to have you in my guild.
0: Yeah, well, I with, with real ID, it probably depends really on the person. Some people have fake names in the real ID. Uh, I know someone with a fake name. Or if your name's John Smith. Can you do not Only think at the beginning. It, but yet, yeah, if you sign up for your account under a fake name, you can keep your fake name.
1: Because that would be the only thing – I hate to derail, but that would be the one thing that would – I mean, that's my main holdup with using real IDs, the the real name factor. So even if I prevent my first name, that would be big.
3: Well, you know, it's it's just a thing, like, suppose I contact someone and say, you know, would you really like to join my guild? Or maybe they contact me and they say, I like the looks of your guild, and I think that they're, you know, not at all a good fit or I tell them, sorry, no, thank you. But then they have my real name, and it's, you know, like, you don't want to have these disgruntled applicants running around with just looking to cause you trouble. I mean, you know, there was that whole stink with them where they got hold of the real name of a Blizzard employee and yeah. like, found out where he lived and where his mom lived yeah. and all this well, stuff. Well, it depends what I mean, your name
0: is. If you have a unique name and they are easy to find then yeah you don't want to be giving your name to anyone but if your name's like john smith yeah they're never gonna find you
3: i mean i i use it i do use it with other bloggers and you know some people on twitter that i know and and that's okay because those are people that i at least know of but for complete strangers no i don't and, and i do tend to like if someone says come find me in game then sometimes if they look like i really would like to speak with them then i will make a level and alt since they invited it
1: I definitely think balance is required I think I, I like to a certain extent I like that recruiters are getting more personal with you like on the flip side I had people that were really nice and invited me into their vents that had never met me and not even in an interview capacity that were just mm-hmm. hey what's up you want to know about our guild and want to hear how we do our guild meetings and things like that like I really liked that it was more personal um, I liked that it wasn't so distant where again it felt like peon master begging to be put in a guild And but I agree with you too that you don't want to get too personal Personal and too comfortable i think that's crossing too many lines and i was even put off by the level ones like i was logging in didn't think anybody would know who i was mm-hmm. and i know there's that feature where you can separate your whispers by tab i'd never had to use that before <laughs> but here i am in stormwind going okay you're on this realm you're in this faction and they're all just you know what's your name what's your class what's your spec want to join and you're just like oh yeah. head
3: explode <laughs> yeah you know like for me when I'm reading through, because I see other guilds like what they're writing to applicants and I mean a lot of it like it's become a kind of a joke where people will say you know just post your recruitment spam because that's what it is it's just a copy paste message to everybody and the thing is the people that I'm looking for to join my guild are people that I can actually be friends with so first of all like I've, I've never lowered my standards you know I browse through the ads and if I see an ad where it looks like the person you know they can't even really write or express themselves, I pass it over. You know, I don't care how much I, I need your class. I I don't need you so badly that I want to start lowering the quality of the people that are gonna be in my guild. So I don't even write to those. And the people that I do write to because I think they sound good, I write a personal message every time. Like even you know, it gets a bit formulaic because you're kinda of saying the same things to people over and over, like, hey, I think you'd be a good fit for our guild because of this and You know, not to give away too many of my secrets, but I think a number of people who've joined have mentioned that it's something that they really liked that I actually said, you know, this is, you know, this is why our guild would be good for you because of what you've said. It's not just, oh, here's what I post to 100 other applicants or whatever. Right.
1: So uh, do do, do you delegate any of that responsibility to officers or do you handle the recruiting solely yourself?
3: The recruitment is pretty much my thing. Um, up until the interviews, I actually don't run the interviews myself. We have an, an officer that's excellent. He's so good. He's so good at interviews that he said that we were making him think of pursuing this as a real, actual career in some capacity, because he's just really, you know, he's very, very mellow and friendly and easygoing, and, you know, he's but businesslike. so he handles that. Very thorough. Yeah, he's extremely thorough, so he's he's the best one for that. I, I do it, and I tend to ramble, so I, I don't do that as much, but in terms of finding the applicants and bringing them and trying to get them to apply to the guild i handle that for the most part and it's one of my one of the major things that i do actually
1: so we kind of brought up that you, you do a little bit of delegation, or you definitely aren't afraid to give certain responsibilities to other people. Um, how, how does your officer corps work? How did you decide going to be officers? How many do you have? Um, what's your experience with that?
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a different question, I guess. It's because it was sort of a pre-built, if you will. <laughs> Um, I I guess I didn't really go into this but I I did mention that I wasn't I didn't found the guild so I took over being guild leader um, in February of 2010 because the the original guild leader left, like overnight kind of thing, like he found another guild and said, alright, see you guys later. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I was an officer at the time in charge of recruitment, so there were there were three of us plus the guild leader, but he up and left, so someone had to be the guild leader, so I, I sort of fell into the position as a, a default position. One of the other officers said, um, you know, I think you should do it, I think you'd be good at it, and I didn't know if I quite believed him, but I agreed to try. <laughs> So I'll give it my best. So two of the officers that we have were already in place when I originally joined the guild and for different reasons i mean they like they're both very good at different things one of them handles the website things and all of this sort of technical stuff and he's kind of our voice of reason like he tends whatever we're doing he tends to disagree like he'll always present the, the contrarian viewpoint which is kind of awesome to have on any team of people because you don't just want people that are going to agree with you whether they right. you know so that's what he handles that and um our other officer is definitely he's very very mellow. So where where Voss and I might tend to get upset about something or, you know, with we, Booby saying, you know, we're gonna do this, he'll say, Well, you know, I don't know, you might wanna consider this. So I think the four of us work really well together and we all have different strengths and I didn't actually choose any of them, but I would definitely choose them again if I had to. I think it's important to have a you know, different different personalities.
2: No, technically, you didn't even choo- you didn't even choose me. It was the other officers that, before they made you a guild leader, made
0: me an <laughs> officer first.
3: That's important because otherwise, people might think there was nepotism involved.
0: <laughs> do you use the uh, class the like role leaps or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we do. We've tried
3: to. Um, we actually had sort of an ill-fated... Um, our officer stuff didn't always work because we wanted to have... We want to have someone who's a healer and someone who's a DPS and someone who's a tank. So, Voss is the tank lead and he handles most of the raiding. Um, Jake is our healing lead and he's uh, our holy priest. And Shane is our shaman and he's uh, DPS lead. So if
1: you were ever to get to a point where you felt like you had a lot going on or you felt that there was too much responsibility spread out amongst yourself and the officers you have, and you were at that point where you were like, I think we need another officer, what would you be looking at? Like if you were going through your roster, what would sort of your ideal candidate be?
3: Well, I think... I remember, I'm remembering something that a friend said to me years ago, like when I first started playing WoW, he said, there should be no officers in a guild if you can't see why they're there, if they don't have a reason for being an officer. You know, so like I know there's a lot of guilds where it sort of tends to be that you know you just kind of promote your friends and say this person is the best, per- like this this person's been my buddy for years, so he's going to be the officer. And I I don't subscribe to that at all. Like it it has to be someone with an aptitude for whatever you're lacking. So if we found that we were missing something, um, I actually have there's another person in the guild that um he, he's awesome. He does so much to help out, and but he didn't want to be an officer. So you know I said we talked about this when we needed an officer and he said I don't want to handle conflicts I'm not good with people that's not my thing but he is extremely organized and he works really hard so he is in charge of the bank and he handles all of our our funds and our finance he makes sure we have fish feasts every time which is an amazing load off my shoulders because I used to do all of that too and sometimes it felt I'm like the only person I like fishing and I was getting sick of fishing so he he does that without actually any title for it which i think is kind of amazing you know it's it definitely helps in a guild when you have people that are willing to contribute without worrying about, you know, they don't they don't want the rank or any kind of power that goes, because I mean, really, when you look at it, we have a roster of 15 people, and we have four officers, or you know, people in different positions of power, and that's kind of a lot of overhead, I mean, it seems like more, but the reason that we wanted to have four officers was because Voss and I are married, so it's, it's one thing, you know, like, that's a lot of power concentrated with just two people, so we thought it was important that there should be at least four of us. So even when one of our officers was unavailable for a couple of months, we promoted someone else in his place because it was just, it, three people wasn't enough when two of them are, are us.
1: Now, do you feel that you have the kind of officer corps that you have to manage or that you have to, I don't want to say wrangle, but do you have to um, necessarily exert a lot of influence or effort to get them going? Or do you feel that they're all sort of motivated on their own and they just kind of, you know, operate nicely without any input?
3: I think they all work really well without. I mean, we just went on vacation, Voss and I, for a week, week and a half, just the other, just a couple of weeks back, and everything was fine while we were gone. You know, it's it's not. I think there's a real danger that comes from concentrating too much of the effort in one place. You know, you don't want to have the kind of people that you need to tell them what to do because. Like, you, you can't tell someone, here, do this job, but you don't have the authority to back it up. You know, like, I I would be confident to have the officers even recruiting in my absence. You know, if they ran an interview and they liked someone, that's fine. I mean, I trust them implicitly, but it it didn't happen that way. But if it had, I mean...
0: Yeah, they've been in the guild and running things long enough to know what you're looking for. and Oh, exactly.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Actually, a few months back, we did the uh, recruitment. You weren't available that night, and we, uh, the three of us uh, and the rest of the guild that, that did the recruitment, it's perfectly fine. That guy is doing uh, very, very good in the guild. But I think that's the thing. It's just having to find officers. You have to find people that you can trust, but also different types, different personalities. You can't have people that are just always the same, because they all agree, which does not lead to the best ideas. And um, no, the uh, the core of officers works fairly independent because what we do is we have we discuss quite a bit in the, the officer channel, officer chat, and so we will disagree there, but we'll come up to a common understanding, and from there on, once we have the common understanding, after that we just do our own stuff, and it's perfectly fine.
0: And do you involve your non-officers in some decisions, too? Like, do you ask for feedback, or is it really, look, this is what us, the officer team, we decided, this is what it's going to be?
2: The, I think all of the decisions, basically, all the big uh, things are discussed with the four of us, and if needed, we'll involve uh, the rest of the guild. The final decision is Vids. She's the guild leader, but uh she w- she will listen to everybody's point of view and uh, participate in the discussion
1: well, I know specifically, I think I might know what Oflu was talking about. Certain things have come up, I know specifically in Cataclysm, the legendary, how people are deciding who got that. Um, I know certain bloggers had posted about what their guilds had decided to do in terms of who got that. And at least the posts that I read, I know some people had complained that some people's methods of deciding who got the staff didn't involve enough non-officers. And it was so, it was done on such a high echelon level that a lot of the non-officers felt like they didn't have a say in it and they felt like they should have had a say in it um so that maybe were you talking about that possibly hopefully or
0: yeah that was part of it
1: okay um so how did you guys just i mean that's one thing but how did you guys specifically decide have you decided who's getting your staff and how did you do that
3: yeah actually he's um i think he has 15 of 25 shards now so he's getting really close we're pretty excited to see it um that was tricky because at the time that the decision was being made i was playing a mage so it was like i you know I was one of the one of the candidates, I suppose, and it was um it it was a bit uncomfortable for me being in a situation where you know you can't exactly put yourself forward, and also the person who did end up getting it is an exceptional player like he's he's probably one of one of the best players one of the players I'm definitely happiest to have in the guild, and I don't think there's been any question from the guild members about whether it was the right decision to give it to him or not because he's he's also the one that handles the bank and he does lots of other things to help out so um did we involve the entire guild? Again, because we're smaller, like, I don't know if it turned into as much of a thing. Like, we we talked about it sort of amongst ourselves. We had criteria, like, you know, longevity. And around that time, I made the decision to switch to playing a healer. So I I wasn't in the running anymore. And um, so our first choice was pretty clear. And our second choice was also very clear because he's been with, it's our shaman that's been with the guild a very long time. So... I don't know, it just kind of felt like a no-brainer, and I know I spoke with f he's the one that's getting the Legendary at the time, and he said, you know what, if it's going to cause any drama, I'd rather not have it, you know, it's not it's not worth it to me over my experience in the guild, you know, there, there's no no pixels that are worth that, so we just kind of went with it, I guess. Yeah. It
1: sounds like it might have been easier because you weren't a 10 man. Like I come to think of it now that you mention it, most of the posts I saw that attracted that criticism of, oh, you didn't involve enough of your non-officers. It was only the 25s really, but you bring up a really good point. If everybody does know each other better and it is more of an intimate setting, I, I would think, and I would agree with you that there would be less mess about it. Yeah. It's well, nice when there-
0: there's you know only one gas or DPS, or if there's that one person has been around forever, he shows up to every single rate, he's the only one who shows up to every single rate. It's it's a lot easier than if you have, you know, four or five or even you know more than that people who are equally qualified.
2: The thing is though, let's not we can't generalize that it's it is going to be easier and tense because you can have autocracies in any kind of organization. So you could have a ten man with uh, two or three people leading it that are not that don't uh, understand participative leadership. That's true. That's very
1: true. So regarding other decisions, like how did you decide on your loot system and things like that? Is that also something you involved the non-officers
3: in? Or? <laughs> the loot system, that was fun. We actually oh, you don't... We have don't- one? We don't have a loot system Um, We didn't have one when I joined The loot system is very much, and this is how we explain it at the interviews Is that it's, you know We just roll and whatever We're not going to be fussed about None of us really raids for loot Um, We just ask that people be considerate You know, if you've received a piece Or if it's not best in slot for you um, We tend to encourage people to get To be in contact with others that share The same kind of loot So, for example, when I became a holy paladin I had a, a long talk with our other holy paladin And I said You know, this is how I do it. I want us both to get geared up at the same rate. You know, we're not going to be squabbling over loot. If something is a clear upgrade for both of us, we'll roll and abide by the decision. If it's better for you, you know, I would never take it over you, and that's fine. But we did have a talk about um, loot systems before, just before Kata came out. Some people wondered, you know, do we need a loot system? Should we talk about having one? And Actually, the majority of people came out adamantly um, against having any kind of organized loot system. You know, we looked at uh, DKP systems, we looked at all of the different sorts of point-based systems, as well as uh, kind of more random ones like Suicide Kings. And almost unanimously, people said, you know, we don't want this, let's just leave it. If it's not broken, you know, don't fix it. So,
2: Actually, the guys are referring to it as... Canadian loot system which means we'll all be polite and maybe we'll have a role but we'll still be polite after the war.
3: <laughs> it does tend it's to nice. devolve into like no 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 you, no you, are you sure? Are you, no, no, I think yes. you should really take it. Uh, yes. yeah, and I, then I a go,
0: like that once and that was like the more focused players were all no you have it, no 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 you and then you get the new guy who just roll on everything and roll wow and win. <laughs>
2: Well, let's just say that uh, when they start going, no you or you, um, usually me as the raid leader says, you guys are delaying my raid, take the loot now, otherwise (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, It's definitely a
3: system that relies on um, subtle social pressures, whereas like if you get someone joining who doesn't really understand that there's an expectation in place that you're going to be considerate of the people around you, that that could definitely kind of gum up the works. And then we might have to kind of take them aside and say, hey, you know, I know that it's a rolling system, but it's not a like roll and grab as much as you can kind of system. The only restriction that we have is that um, people who are still trial members that aren't—they're not full raiders yet—they can't uh, take any tier tokens. That's a—that's a no. And we learned that the hard way because we—we we did have a, an applicant that rolled in one tier piece, and we all just kind of—you could almost feel the tension in the raid, and like we're sort of looking around at each other, like, oh no, you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, did we? And he ended up not—we—we uh, we didn't extend an invite to him at the end, so it was like, oh, and we just wasted a tier token. So I had to. Add added into the rules, you know, you can't roll on tier tokens unless nobody else needs them, then you can roll on them. So if you do bring up a really good point about, you know,
1: tension. And, and for the most part, it sounds like you're really lucky to be in a guild where you don't have a lot of conflict. Um, when you do have conflict, how do you prefer to deal with it?
3: It's something that has cropped up and we tend to, we tend to just kind of tackle it head on, you know, like I, I'm of the opinion, and I don't know, maybe this is naive, that most thinking adults should be capable of handling a conflict with another adult you know like i've had people come to me and say you know like so and so said this it really bothered me and i'll say you know well did you, maybe you just need to talk to them about what they said to you like did you go to them and say like when you said this it really upset me and they're like well you know i don't know if i'm comfortable doing that and i said well you know i'd encourage you to do that if you think you're not able to do that or you know if you're not comfortable with that then i'll definitely play intermediary for you and i'll go to them and or we'll 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 talk all three of us if we have to but it's never really seems to get to that point you know people are usually willing to kind of just work it out the thing is it it's actually it's um almost exclusively male our guild (laughs) Oh, wow. That's funny. I don't plan it. You know, it was, it was never, it's not like I'm excluding women. And we, we did have a really excellent resto druid for quite a long while that, um, she actually ended up, um, they, she, they, she fell in love with our, our rogue and uh, they're, <laughs> they're getting married on uh, the tomorrow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, you know, that we had one other woman besides me and the guys kind of made fun of me because when she joined, I was like, Hey guys, you know, I think that this applicant, I think it's a girl. And they're like, Oh, you know, are you are you lonely?
0: You'll have a friend
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have a little friend. Yeah,
0: my kids are the same way. I'm the only girl and I don't even think we've had female applicants. It's just really just me. Yeah, that's
3: and that's just pretty much how it, you know, we've had maybe one or the odd two, but not nobody that actually ended up joining apart from that resto druid. So it's really just me and all of the guys. And I find that and I don't want to I don't want to generalize or stereotype because I mean I don't I don't know different, but they they tend to be willing to just sort of tackle things head on or things blow up and then they blow over like we we had a fight erupt in guild chat over I don't know, some bullshit sport thing. Like, it was like somebody insulted someone else's sport team. And it was like, you, you know, you don't even say that about, like, you... It just got really, really ugly. <laughs> and I kind of whispered to each of them separately and said, you know, like, I don't think that he really meant it that way. And, you know, maybe maybe you should, like, calm down. They just kind of, they're like, whatever. And you could tell they were just humoring me. But then after I said, you know, so you guys all right? And they're like, oh, what? Why? Why wouldn't we be all right? I don't know. I think we're all right.
1: have you ever had a conflict or a guild issue that sort of lingers with you after you log off like i i I happen i've always kind of run with gms who never really log off and they take a lot of their work with them and they're always you know it's just they never know when to leave it behind have you ever had that issue where you find yourself going to bed at night and you're thinking about something or you're you know you're going through your work day and then something's on your mind or are you pretty good about leaving the game there when you walk away from it
3: um, I think that maybe it it comes and goes. I think it depends on you know what the issue is. If it's a really big issue, um, I've definitely lost some sleep over recruitment issues, uh, just because it's. You know, I have such high standards, and I know that I do, but I'm not willing to, to kind of tone them down, I guess, just for the sake of making raids. But you're always sort of walking this tightrope where you also don't want to be short people so that you're not having raids. If you start canceling them, then you worry that the people that you do have are going to get bored or they're going to go elsewhere or whatever. So, no, I I definitely, I've lost sleep. I've cried tears. <laughs> you know, we've we've had conversations, like Voss and I, we talk about the guild probably more than we should do like there have been times when I'll kind of look at him and I'll say you know could we not talk about warcraft just tonight like let's let's go to dinner and not talk about this because I think it's it's natural since the two of us are both very involved in the the management and we're very invested in the guild that we do tend to to talk about problems after the fact but
0: do you find it helps to be able to support each other
3: oh yeah yeah immensely i i, I don't think that i would still be doing it if it weren't for him I On the opposite side, are
1: you afraid to? I mean, have you guys ever fought over something in the game? Like, are you afraid to say if you felt that, and either one of you can answer, but if one of you felt that the other was making a poor decision or could have handled something better, do you guys have a problem saying that? Or do you, how do you handle that?
2: Well, let's just say that uh, we're both pretty upfront, and uh, <laughs> that just reminds me of a raid two nights ago.
3: Yeah, this happened. This happened just a couple days
2: ago. Oh, actually. we need
3: to hear about this. This is the <laughs> well, podcast
1: where we
2: talk about it all. Oh, the dirty just... laundry. I made a mistake. As the raid leader, one of the things that I need to do is, of course, um, I handle pretty much everything around the raids. Uh, the other two officers are leading the raids, usually when I'm not there, because I have the biggest mouth. And <laughs> so we were uh, starting Firelands. Uh, we had a. Um, our pally had never tanked Alice Razor yet. And so I thought, you know what, let's go straight there. And let's just say we did not share the same idea about starting on the one of the toughest fights before, uh, well, in Firelands that we've seen yet. And so we had some rather serious disagre- disagreements on that one. But the thing is, it's it's like everything else in a couple for us. We just, we do, do talk it over and... We express why we well. I express why I made the decision. She expressed why she disagreed with me, and uh, that's it. Now, where I think I think we're fine.
1: And see, I happen to like. I, I always tend to, and maybe it's because I'm single, but I really don't want to draw that divide between the singles and the couples. But I tend to dread rating with couples because a lot of times it's very, you know, they they blindly support one another. It's almost mm-hmm. like an obligatory, you know, if you have a dispute with one of them, well, then the wife will say, yeah. And she'll just stop away and it's like, or you get the overprotective husband who feels the need to, and and I'm not going to say that I like couples who bicker, but I like a couple who's not afraid to say, you know, I disagree with him or yeah, she's kind of wrong here. And I just respect them a lot more when you're not dealing with the package deal or, you know, I always find it funny when you see couples who try to apply together and, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I go where he goes and it's just, (laughs) no, no. And and I like, and I like couples who aren't afraid to, you know, disagree or, or or right.
2: Well, the thing is with the two of us, we're gamers, okay? When we're playing the game, yes, we're a couple out, outside of the game and all that, but when we're in the game, we we play to be the best we can be. And she's the guild leader, and I have to respect that. I'm the raid leader, and, well, she has to respect that, too. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. He <laughs> yeah, says, that's pretty much what I thought.
3: I says when. When when we're raiding, um when we're raiding you're my bitch, she says <laughs> just today I looked at her and was like, Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. Is that what you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, and she's usually assigned to heal me. I have a feeling I'm gonna that's gonna cost me a lot <laughs> in repair bills. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, it's funny because um, I was mentioning I just recently switched roles, um, and I've healed before, and I've healed Voss before, but never we weren't in a progression guild at the time. So I think we both went into it with this feeling of like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be awesome because we're in the same room and we're like we're so in tune with each other, and we had such a tremendous blowout fight that <laughs> night. Like, not it not publicly, it didn't get ugly or anything. And this is this is I guess I should mention this. We don't we don't ever air this in guild. Like, I think maybe the guild kind of wondered why it was a bit quiet the other night but they didn't necessarily know that I had said why are we going here you know I don't think this was a good idea I think this is stupid you're wasting our time but we keep all of that kind of you know I don't think anybody should have to deal with like the awkwardness of two people fighting in public it is
1: funny that you mentioned that because I remember I used to I dated somebody who played the game and this was back in Burning Crusade and he was the warlock who used to tank Leatherus Oh, okay. If you remember that, and I was the rest of Druid, and it was the same thing. You would think that if you're sitting next to someone, they will tell you when they need cooldowns. And no, it was always the opposite. And I i can relate to what you're saying the bitter, you know, me staring at the wall, rotating my life looms, and going, you know, hmm, you could have popped Demon Form 12 seconds ago, couldn't you? <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, well, I could have used that Swift Men five seconds earlier. And you're just going back and forth. And then one of you happens to hit the push to talk, and you say something that's like, and you can just.
0: Oh, Awkward,
3: <laughs>
1: and then that's always the talk of the kind, raid. I yeah, kind be glad I'm
0: a single gamer, <laughs>
3: <laughs> or you don't date people in the game or that you guild with. Yeah, no, I think it would. It was, it was funny because we weren't expecting, like, we, we kind of went in thinking, you know, this is going to be awesome because we've done this before, and we realized that, you know, we, there was a bit of growing pain involved, like we had to sort of relearn how to do this, and he said, you know, you're really hard on me, like, because I said, you know, like, you're, you were incredibly hard to heal, and you weren't cating with me, and what's going on, and he's like, well, the healers are always telling me I'm hard to heal, and I'm really getting a complex, and now you're doing it too. So it was, we definitely had to had to have a talk, and I said, "Well, you know, we'll just we're gonna have to figure out how to how to work together, and I think we'll get there. It's just it's one of those learning things."
2: I think the last few raids actually on the on the healing side anyway were quite a bit better. Uh, apart from my decision to go to M L S Razor first, um, I think that part has been pretty much smoothed out. It just took a few raids for me to realize, okay, uh, I can. I have to communicate a lot more than I was doing before because I didn't want to uh, monopolize Mumble and tell them, okay, my shield walls up or anything like that. But now I can do it because she's in the same room.
1: Right. And communication is really important, especially the tank healer relationship. Like I can relate to and, you know, I tend to heal tanks better who communicate with me and and tell me when they need cooldowns and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I've been in that situation where your tank just dies. And it's like, why didn't you tell me you needed this? And um, I think it's just communication across the board. Um, With that, do you guys have chat channels? How do you guys foster communication with your guild? Like, is there a healer chat, a DS chat, a tank chat? Do you have, um, you know, your forums? How, how do you divide your forums up? How do you keep your guild communicating?
3: Um, there's there's different channel. We have a healer channel and we have a tank channel. Uh there's no DPS channel. And actually some of the DPS have kinda said, you know, they don't they don't necessarily like the tank channel and the healing channel because they feel that maybe sometimes they're missing out on some things that are being said there. Or the healers might be having a a long discussion about, you know, you're gonna use this at this time and I'm gonna use this. So the rest of the raid doesn't exactly know that we're talking, so they think that we're all just kinda sitting there. So lately, we've been trying to sort of take that, um, if if possible, into mumble. Historically, the healers have been quieter, and I don't really know why. They just didn't tend to talk as much. But I'm a bit of a talker when it comes to raids, so I'll, I'll just say to the other healers, you know, what do you guys think about this? And then the whole raid kind of knows that we're trying to work something out, so they don't get antsy. <laughs> this yes. is the inevitable downtime.
0: Yeah, I've I've always really liked having role channels like that, and that's what. I used to do back when I was in, my current guild doesn't have role channels, although I really wish we did. Um, But when I was in a guild that did, we'd often say, hang on, healers Mm -hmm. are fixing the problem and we'll die less, so it's in your best interest to wait. (laughs) Um, But I also liked how it would, make us closer together as a team because everyone would hang out and all the healers would hang out in healer channel and then we'd get to know each other really well and we'd work better together and i think it was the same for the tanks same for the dps or if you're frustrated about something and you don't want to talk about it in front of the person in question you you'd say in your own channel and you know other people would tell you well you know maybe that's uh, and um yeah I, i really liked um channels for that Yeah, I think it
3: can be a double-edged sword, you know, like it can be really, really good and it can be bad if it starts to get sort of negative and, you know, especially in a small group, you don't want people to feel like they're kind of talking about you behind your back. But sometimes you need to be able to say, gosh, I'm really having trouble healing this tank and... the one thing is, you know, I've mentioned we've had a lot of turnover like in the past couple, maybe like four months, and we've talked about it openly where we said, you know, um, the team is constantly rebuilding and so it's it's been really hard because we don't all necessarily know each other really well, we don't all know how the other person plays and then just as we start to get comfortable then someone else leaves and we have to bring someone else in, which always shakes everybody up a little bit. So it's definitely something that's an ongoing concern that we're trying to foster open communication like we had a bit of a, a small conflict where there was one tank that the healers were having trouble healing and you know it was, it was getting a bit sort of recriminatory like well you know he's I hate when he tanks because he's so hard to heal and we sort of tried to turn it around and make it okay well why is he hard to heal and what can he change and you know talk to each other the healers in the tanks don't just you know don't get mad because he's hard to heal and we need to this is something we have to figure out together So it's definitely a work in progress, and we use our forums a lot uh, for that.
1: Yeah, that was one thing I I really enjoy. I really like a guild, and I've been very fortunate. Every guild, not that I've been in that many guilds expansion, but both guilds I've been in up to before this one were really good about raid discussions. They had raid review threads where they would talk Mm -hmm. about the raid before it happened and the raid after it happened. Um, And I love that. I love guilds where there's discussion, and, and the healer chat is going and, and you hear people as the fight is going and not, well, not as it's going, but afterwards say, I did this, I can change that. I get really worried, specifically healer chat. I get very creeped out when I see a quiet healer channel because we should be the ones that are talking our ears off. And, um, and I, I I've never, like I said, I've never been a tank before and I've never been a DPS before, but you know, I would like to think that, you know, they, especially if you're resting, I would like to think that the conversation should be constant or near constant.
2: Well, it depends. The What we try to do, again, that's the advantage probably of being only 10 men, is that at the end of, every time we do an attempt, um, you know pretty much what is the one thing that happened that everything started going downhill. So usually what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask, okay, so uh, and so, what happened to you this run? And what I'm expecting from everyone, and actually that's part of our interview process uh, where I, I set the expectations with a future member that they're going to be asked what happened to them. And the one answer I do not want to hear is my health hit zero. They lagged. Or yeah, well lag can happen. Okay. You know what? Technical, technical stuff will happen. I don't want to hear it three times in a row, but it will happen. But that's the thing. I don't want to hear, um, well, stupid things like, yeah, I died. Okay. What did you do? What happened? and the whole discussion starts around that okay so- sounds good uh, this tank for some reason we're having a bit more trouble with uh, with him in that role tonight what can we do to change that should we switch the uh, the tanks should he gem should he get uh, some more stem there's a there's a bit of discussion between each attempt to try to get better now again as a raid is I have to I have to cut that short at times because quite honestly I don't it's not productive to spend a half hour discussing something. Everything starts just going in circles. So what we, what I have to do is make it so that people feel free to express themselves, uh, feel free to exchange ideas. The fact is I'm the Raid leader, but there are better strategists than I am in the Raid. I do not know everything. Okay. And so I need to involve everybody to have the best Raid possible. But at some point, I have to make the final call. This is what we're gonna try this time around and let's get going. Right, so what are your expectations? Like just to kind of
1: narrow the focus a little bit, um, you had mentioned what you guys are looking for and we also mentioned people who say, you know, I died because of leg. What do you guys expect from your raters? Like, let's say you had somebody who their computer wasn't working. Would you be okay with that? Or would you be aggressively telling them to sort of fix that? Um, do you have a firm attendance policy? Do you want your raters to post out and tell you that they're not going to be there? Um, I know the big issue last week in the blogosphere was the valor point capping. You know, do you, did you tell your raters what you wanted in terms of that? What are you guys looking for? Or what do you expect? <laughs>
2: actually expectations it's that's that's one of the big topics that i really like about to talk about this one is really it's it's communication but expectations what are you going to expect from your raiders and each guild should have something like that when i hear that guilds are very free form and oh there's no rule except don't be a douche come on you need to have a bit more uh, a bit more meat in there simply to how can you how can anyone perform to a certain level when you don't know what's expected out of you? And so for us, well, it's very simple. Uh, VP capping, you know what, we encourage people to get as high as possible. But the fact is, we all, our guild is, uh, everybody actually is 21 years old and above, I believe. And 22 in three weeks and above. Soon
3: 22.
1: Is that an expectation? Like, do do you expect your raiders to be 18 or older
2: or is that just coincidence? It's the style of readers that we're trying to uh, to find, I think. The style of personalities. Uh, the fact is, we have people between 22 and I think the oldest is 40 in the guild. And so, it's nothing against 15-year-olds. Uh, but it's just, well, the 40-year-old has kind a of 15-year-old. Different experience,
0: different kind of communication style.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so, what we try to do is get people that will mesh with the rest. And so, it happens that the average age is probably around 28, 29 years old in the guild.
3: It's not a hard and fast rule. I mean, if we had an applicant that was 18 or, you know, even 17, but they presented themselves really well and we got the sense that they would fit in, I don't think that we would say no. It's just very seldom that that happened. Like, I actually had um, a guy that was going to apply, or he did apply, and he was, I don't know, 16 or 17, and just his attitude, like, in his application, he wrote about how um, he got angry, like, all the things that made him angry because people didn't do this or they didn't. And do that and I just thought you know what a horrible horrible thing to call attention to like how your your temper is going to be hindering you so he ended up like I said you know no thanks and he came and whispered to me and said you know like can I ask you or he, he wrote to me through the forums why did you reject my application and I said you know and people didn't like your attitude they thought it seemed as if you wouldn't take criticism very well and he he logged off like he, without whispering me again <laughs> She didn't
0: take the it's criticism like, very well. No, it was like, no, exactly.
3: I guess that shows us how he takes criticism, huh?
1: So that's something you expect, obviously, is people to take criticism well.
2: Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, what they can expect from us is we're going to praise in public and usually chastise and or criticize in private if we can. Uh, that's the thing. We're not... I think there's one time in the past year where my temper got the better of me, and I raised my voice in the raid. Apart from that, it never happens. Every single player here is knows what they're doing. They're very uh, good players, so they can expect to be treated with respect. From them, I expect that they will respect. Um, in a raid, they're going to respect the raid leader. If the raid leader says, "Okay, that's the decision. Let's go." Stop arguing. Decision's been made. Okay, you made your case, it didn't didn't work out. Um, What we expect is really, there's a lot in attitude. There's a lot in, you have to perform to the best of your abilities. That means having a computer that works. That means not having add-ons that crap out every five seconds. That means not having to re-log every time we we wipe. Because if you have to re-log every single time, you're basically costing us about four or five minutes extra on every attempt. And we only raid nine hours a week. And so that's the kind, of, there's a lot of expectations like that that are set. Um, it Actually, a lot of it is in writing. And if it's not in writing, I try to communicate it with uh, every single new raider.
1: So you can say, though, at the end of the day, that people in your guild do know what you expect of them and that nothing should really be a surprise or nothing should be a shock to people. Like you would never get someone saying to you,
2: I didn't know you expected that of me. I can't say that. The fact is... I'm trying to uh, to set as many as much expectations as possible. And same thing with Vid for for me it's mainly I'm, I really focus on the raids. The rest of the guild management it's uh, Vid uh, leads that part. But it's really there are expectations sometimes that I will forget. For example that tier token with uh, the newcomer that uh, that was in the guild. We simply completely had forgotten to put that as a policy. We rectified it after and now it's fine. But all you can do is do your best to document what you... are set the expectations that you think should be set. And for the rest, you know what, live and learn. And you will make mistakes. Just correct it after, don't make it twice.
1: Right, so let's say, and I'm gonna use Ophelia's inspiration here because she got a recent link on WoW Insider, congratulations, madam, for a awesome post that she wrote about what she looks for in leaders. So let's say, let's say by chance, you were not able to be leaders anymore. Like, let's say your work schedule got too crazy. Let's say your family expanded and you weren't able to do what you two do and you had to go back to being just members. Um, What are some things that you two would look for in your officers? If you had to do a role reversal, what would you want to see in people that you would have to sort of look up to?
3: I would say, and I gave this a little thought because I knew we were going to be talking about it. um, I'd say that my most important criteria in a leader – is someone who recognizes that they cannot and should not be doing everything themselves. I think there's a a big tendency with people that sort of I w- I want to say assume but maybe get roped into is a better a description of people who become guild leaders. I think that a lot of them try to do too much and they think, you know, I am going to do this and I have to do this and if I don't do it then it won't be done right. And I think that's a major pitfall and it's a major stumbling block for people because you simply can't do everything yourself forever or you're either going to burn out or, you know, then you want you run into the situation where if you're not available everything crumbles because it's all centered around you. So, you know, I think I know that I can't do everything. I'm not good at everything. Like Voss was saying, you know, there are people that are better at strategy. I always read the forums. I'm not the most active person in terms of speaking up because I don't usually have the best ideas. You know, we have some really, really excellent players that are great at that. So I let them, you know, they they do their thing. And if I have an idea, of course, I'll chip in. But you know, I, I don't need to be the one leading everything all the time. And I think that it's better to be the kind of leader that's willing to step back and say you know what you handle this one because this is your thing and it, it makes for a healthier team overall Plus it with everybody helps
0: people feel engaged if they have you know those small tasks that they can do that they're really good at you know it makes gives them a sense of belonging a sense of um, you know i'm doing this for my guild
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, you know, before I became an officer, I was still helping with, um, I'd go and bump our recruitment threads and things, and then I remember asking the current guild leader like, um, because I'd noticed a couple people might say, oh, hey, like, you look like you might like our guild, come check out our thread, and I said, you know, do you mind if if I write those? Is is that okay if I write some of those if I find a good person? And he was like, oh yeah, you know, do that. So that's kind of how I got into the recruiting thing, and I know that for me, like, I enjoyed feeling like I was helping the guild do something and I I thought that I was good at it because you know I found quite a few people that came and applied and they were really happy and they were good matches and you know it was a talent that I had that I was able to employ to help the guild and you know it it definitely that that's a very good point hopefully it just makes you feel like you know you're actually doing something you're not just there for whatever so I think if I wasn't going to be a leader it would need to be a leader that was like that.
2: I agree. I agree because the actually most of the conflicts I've ever had with uh, with raid leaders were about I well I have a knack for organization for keeping things going at a fair pace and they they felt threatened uh, or they didn't want me to to help in any way and thus I was just there um, kind of um, I was just unhappy with that situation I could not help I felt frustrated by all of this and so that's the thing I agree, the, the main thing with the, the leader, the best thing that the leader can do is recognize that they cannot do everything, that they are not perfect, that they have flaws. And so what they have to do is find people that actually are very good at those things, make them officers, give them the job, and it's going to be even better. You, a team is, is a lot stronger than one person.
1: So here's something for you. This is also one of Ophelia's criteria. It's actually towards the bottom of the post. Would you have to like your officer? So if you went back to being a member again, there's the fine line between liking somebody in charge and respecting them. Do you feel that they go hand in hand, or do you feel that they're not mutually exclusive?
2: Actually, I think, I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think you don't have to, well, you have to respect them. That's a criteria. That one you you cannot go around. You don't have to agree. So, I guess
0: right. the other thing is,
1: could you follow somebody that you didn't like? Like, let's say they yeah, made like really crass vague,
0: joke. Yeah, like is kind of a vague term, I guess, because there's like as in, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mind being around this person. There's like as in, oh, I'd hang out with this person, I'd go for a beer with them. And then there's like as in, oh, I really like this person. So I guess it's kind of a vague term.
1: Okay. Well, let's narrow it down because I know somebody else brought up the drink thing. So let's say you had an officer that you would never be seen in public with, or you would never go out for a drink (laughs) with. And, you know, just that kind of thing where you wouldn't really hang out with them. You wouldn't really introduce them to your friends or you wouldn't really include them in your friends. But, you know, would you, would that get in the way of you looking at them as an officer and respecting them, I guess?
3: Well, are they an officer or are we talking, you know, sort of like guild leader? Because I tend to think of the guild leader as kind of like the, the public face of a guild. You know, they, they sort of set the tone. Let's go for both, even. Um, I would have to say no. I really don't think, and I actually have left a guild in the past, because I, I realized, and it was something that this guild leader herself said, she said, um, you know, if if at any point you realize that you, you don't like or you don't respect the person who's your guild leader, then you should just leave, because it's just a bad idea. And I thought, you know what, I don't like you, and then I left. It's so
1: interesting that you would say that because I've always been somebody who's really good at separating the personal from the business, and I I do use career like terms with rating a lot. Like I do say my rating career, and I do, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and some people may say that's unhealthy, but I have no problem with that. Like I've never needed to like people I rate with, and I, at the same time, I don't want to hate them. But I, that's never been a factor for me. Like I can recognize that somebody does amazing DPS or is a great healer, and I may mm-hmm. hate them as people and go, "Oh, you're such a wench," but you know, I can recognize what they do for me in a rating capacity and and that's never been something that's ever held me back like i i've I've had gms and officers that i didn't like but they they did their job well they represented the guild well they performed their role well they kept the guild afloat and to me you know that meant more to me than the personal i guess
3: you know that is really really interesting that you should say it just because um You know, the fact is, like, for me, the two are so intertwined that I don't know if I could separate them. Like, I feel as if, if, I mean, it was a hard thing that I had when I took over leading the guild, I'm just kind of rambling here, but you can't be liked by everybody necessarily to the same degree and that was definitely a hard realization for me is that sometimes you're going to have to do or say things that are going to be unpopular and not everybody you can't assume that you're going to be everybody's best friend and lead them and do a good job but at some point you know you're you might have to do something unpopular and you need to be prepared to do that
1: guess the problem that I have and I guess maybe it's my own issue but I feel as if I feel as if personal gets in the way a lot more than professional and I've had people who have not liked me and that's kind of clouded them from the fact that I'm a really good healer and 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 like I said maybe it's something I've had used against me before so I really don't look at people the same way because I think it's and you know you even see it with officers sometimes like I've been in guilds where you have that one officer who's not pulling their weight but it's oh I really like him and we've been friends demote him he's not doing anything and I just feel like that tends to blind people a lot more than the opposite
0: of yeah, the professional. I, find I can like someone, think they're an amazing person, but oh my god, I would not want to take orders from them. <laughs> and then there's people that I find I always end up liking the people I respect. But for example, there was a Tang and He wasn't officially a leader anywhere, but he just had that kind of personality where he was just he was a really good tank he gave really good advice, but he was very in your face. and at first mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is so crude and he's so pushy and he whines all the time, but then I realized he's probably the most dedicated person I'd ever met in game. I mean, he was he was really young and I think he was a teenager, but he acted he seemed a lot older, he knew what he was talking about and eventually I, you know, I started respecting him a lot and when he ended up leaving, I missed him. I like you know at the end, at the end because I respected him, I started to like him. But I can definitely like someone and not want them to be my leader.
1: See, I avoid liking them too much, and I'll I'll name names, when I left Apopiosis, um, I, I there was Kern the person and then it was Kern the GM. And there were times where Kern and I would talk as, as friends. We would just chat for hours and it was really good. Um, my decision to leave the guild, a lot of it was because it was starting to blur the two. The things that Kern the GM was doing was making me not like Kern the person. And I didn't want that. I wanted to still be able to walk away from the situation and like Kern and read her blog and love reading her tweets and, and say nice, things about her and it was getting to the point where I couldn't do that anymore and that was my cue to leave um, because it was I really really like you (laughs) you know and and that's why I try hard not to get too personal because then it starts to you get I don't want to say blinded but it just influences you and you know you like I said I try really hard to separate the two and um, when I start combining them bad things happen at least in my experience.
3: It's tough. I mean, it, it's tough as a GM to be kind of in the position where you didn't even mean to do, like, the first and one of the only G-quits we've had that was related to any kind of a personality conflict was actually shortly after I became guild leader. Um, we had someone, and we ended up clashing, like, and I'll, I'll freely admit, it was pretty much the first mistake I made as a guild leader was I just handled it poorly. He, um, he did something wrong, and instead of approaching it very professionally, I lost my cool and I got angry with him because I wasn't yet used to being the guild leader and I didn't realize at the time but I've come to realize that you know, as much as, I mean, I love I love the people in my guild. I do. They're my friends and I like it that way. I wouldn't have it any other way. But at the same time, the things that I say and do carry extra weight because I am the guild leader. And I can't pretend otherwise and just say, well, you know, I don't want it to be that way. You know, so it must not be that way. Because it just is. I mean, you can have your friend say like, oh, you know, like you, you did kind of a crappy job on that fight or whatever. And you might just laugh it off if it's your friend. But if it's your friend who is also the guild leader, well you know, if, if you're anything like I am, you'll definitely have a sort of a twinge and think like, oh no, you know, did did she think I did that bad a job? And you, you can't really escape that. So there's definitely a responsibility that comes with being a guild leader. That's not always easy to reconcile with also liking the people that are in your guild too.
0: Which leads to um, another topic of, do you feel like you can be yourself even though you're a GM? Or do you feel like you have to wear a mask all the time? And especially being a blogger, do you find you have to hold back? Mm-hmm.
3: the blogger thing no i'm i'm definitely myself with my guild i think i can say that unequivocally like you know they're my friends they know me they've seen me at, at my best and at my worst too i think when you raid with any people like people for any length of time you get to that point where you you really do learn each other's foibles and uh strengths and i think they do know me um in terms of the blogging thing i would say i hide more from sort of the internet in general than i hide from my guild like Um, on my blog I don't tend to write about guild related things and that's very very deliberate like I'll write things maybe long after the fact like if something's happened and I want to write about how to resolve it or how we did resolve it or how it was handled I'll do that but not not naming any names and not any time that it's close that it could actually affect like for me the the guild itself is more important than the blog and I would never want to write something on the blog that would impact the people in my guild negatively I mean I I'm the one that keeps the blog it's my thing and just by joining my guild doesn't mean that they signed up to become fodder for you know I'm very respectful or I try to be respectful of their privacy which is actually funny because it, it's it gone the other way like I used to write and I'd say you know our guild's hunter did this or our priest did that and then they would say to me you know why didn't you use my name in that blog post you know we want to be in the blog too <laughs> so I had to start I was like alright alright I'll put your name in the blog it's tough because I I get what you're saying and I, I
1: get how I, I get how important it is to you know, somewhat preserve anonymity and and be respectful. At the same time, though, I do wish more GMs would be, um, and, and still in a respectful tone, but I would love to see more posts that are a little bit more uncensored and really do give you that insight. Into you know, a lot of times when you see GMs who are bloggers post, it's always these very careful PR edited, you mm-hmm. know, posts where everything is scripted and flawless and, you know, oh, we don't have any fights here. <laughs> and it makes it seem like everything Thing is so shiny and one thing that I've learned as a blogger is people want to see ugly they want to see you make a mistake and and not to see you fall down and, and take pleasure in that but they want to see people who you know have done something they shouldn't have and learned from it or could have something handled something better and I really appreciate seeing GMs and I know Beru has written about it too, the stress and the god I hate my guild sometimes and just you know I, I enjoy that and I really think there's a market out there um, for people to be more open as an officer or a GM. You have to be and- careful
0: too to not fall into the train wreck, either. And I've I've actually just written about it, and I got a bit of a reaction from some people, you know, sometimes we need to rant, blah, blah, blah. But when you get the impression that the person writing the blog hates their guild, hates being a GM, hates everything, I'm like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to take orders from that person.
1: Oh no, exactly. and I'm not saying like I said to go to that extreme, but I just feel like they they a little you'd let us in a little bit. You know, I'm not saying to open the door like that. I wouldn't want to read that either, but I do get really tired of seeing these glossy, shiny you know, it's it's not perfect. And And I think that it would help people maybe who are new GMs or who've never had to deal with it before going, oh, God, I'm feeling all of these things. Where do I go? Is this normal? Mm-hmm. You know, but if all you're reading about is these great experiences, that might make you feel worse. Like, well, she's a GM and she's not losing it. And he's a recruitment lead and he doesn't want to pull his hair out. What's wrong with <laughs> me? I think it could be a resource for people like that who want to know if what they're feeling is normal, you know?
3: You know, I think I'm totally okay with expressing um, frustrations that I might be having with situations. Like, I, I wrote a post where I definitely um, I said, you know, I'm the recruiting has just been brutal and it's really wearing me down. And it, I mean, it's true. Just because the recruiting for this expansion has been crazy, but it, and Baru actually, that's it's good that you mentioned her. She does a great job, I think, of kind of balancing that candor um, with still respectfulness for her guild. But you know, it, it's something that only someone can do for themselves. Like you have to draw that line and decide. You know, what is it okay to say or to not to say? I know some some bloggers, their guildies might not know um, about their blog, which I think usually ends in pain because someone's always going to find it on the oh, internet. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you can't really be anonymous. So I've always been very very open, and you know, my a lot of my guildies do read my blog, and my biggest thing is I would never want them to go to my blog and to read something there that's a problem that I haven't addressed with them already. I mean right. if it's a problem enough, it should be problem enough for me to handle it with them, you know, and I, I don't think I get what you're saying about the sort of veneer, like the the kind of image. And I don't know if I consciously set out to do that so much as I just don't write about it that much. I mean Yeah, and I think there's, there's a
0: balance where of like when you were talking about sometimes you'd write some about something that happened a long, long time ago. Which is kind of a nice balance of you here's something you could learn from and it's right. not I hate my guild or you know let's all point fingers at this person mm-hmm. uh, it's you know it, it's respectful and helpful
2: and that's the thing it's just when you're dealing with a problem that involves human emotions i'm sorry even if you addressed it with the person and it's mostly resolved the fact is the emotions are still fairly recent time has to pass before you can start putting it in public like this and that people would be fine with it I actually would not uh, post anything on my blog about a current conflict or even a, a fairly recent conflict I would post theories on how things should be or should be handled or I would say possibly that I made a mistake and this is the, the way I should have handled it but I would definitely not go into enough specifics that the guilty could feel slighted and feel like I've breached that trust like I said you praise in public and you will criticize or have those hard discussions in private. And putting it on a blog is definitely not private.
1: Now what if the situation were reversed? What if you had a guildie who had a blog? And they disagreed with the decision that you two had made. They felt the need to blog about it. Um, I know Maticus left a comment on my blog once that he's actually drafted a social media rule list, if you will, or guidelines that he holds as guildies too, if they're going to mm-hmm. participate on Twitter or things like that. You know, would you be okay with your blog with your guildies? You know, writing things on a blog or tweeting about how the raid is going. What are your thoughts on that?
3: It's, um, it's definitely one of those things where you're kind of, you're walking that line between, like, you know, you want people to sort of conduct themselves in a certain way, but you also don't want to tell them what to do with their lives, and it's not been something I've had to deal with until, actually, very recently, um, I have, I've had a blogger join, and I said to him just yesterday, like, because he wrote a post about, like, raiding with his new guild and everything, and, and I, but he didn't mention us by name, and I said, you know, so, so are we kind of agreeing to, like, to not, to, to talk about this until you're you're done your trial period or what's the deal? <laughs> because I didn't know if he was just being circumspect, deliberate, deliberately, or if it was coincidental that he hadn't mentioned it. It's never really been something I've had to deal with. I don't have a lot of bloggers in my guild apart from this one. It's um it's definitely it brought up some new questions for me where I wondered you know well what if he writes bad things about us? You know how would that make me feel?
1: And that's something I've always been really honest about. <laughs> like, you know, every guild I've ever been in. And I mean, the first guild I was in with this expansion was Kern, or like half the guild was bloggers. So that wasn't an issue. <laughs> and then the guild I joined afterwards, they knew about my blog before I even got there. So that was, and I was very open. I would say the second guild I was in this expansion i rage quit the guild i had beef with the gm i was very open about all of that and even the guild i joined now and the raid i joined now because i have to say raid i didn't just join the guild it's very touchy right, about right. that but um the first thing i said was i've got a blog and now you talk about you and i don't name names but i am gonna say we had a tough night or i didn't know what to do, and it's going to go there, and I do have a podcast, and I may tweet about things, and I, they know what they're getting into, and I wouldn't have it any other way, and I, I think to me, that would sort of cushion the blows if I knew it was coming, if I knew the blog existed, you know, and I knew what I was in for, but if I, I feel like if somebody joined, and I just accepted the sweet, mild-mannered person, and then all of a sudden, I'm bored one day, and I go trolling, and there's this, you know, I raid with these stupid people, then I would be a lot more hurt, I guess.
2: I think it goes with the fact that I think every single guildie, because especially with because because it's a small guild, every guildie is kind of an ambassador for the guild in a way. Um, for example, we uh, we frown upon being uh, people that are extremely harsh in pugs. Um, you know what? If the fact is, you still have business time written under your name. So, no, don't tell them off uh, the same way you would if you didn't care or anything like that. You still represent the guild up to a point.
1: But surely you must understand that as a blogger, too. I
2: mean, we all blog for different reasons, but blogging can be kind
1: of cathartic. And especially, again, for somebody like me who's very vocal, you know, I know how I can be. And I know that I can say things in rave that I shouldn't, or I can be frustrated when I shouldn't. And, and I find that resources like Twitter and resources like a blog can be better than saying something you shouldn't like rather than saying in the raid you guys fucking suck i don't want to be here it might be better to say it on twitter where your 20 followers are going to see it I, I feel like if it's the lesser of two evils that you know i would rather have people going that route than doing it in gchat having it turn into a fiasco um i i wouldn't really want to deny somebody that outlet i guess
3: See, i don't know because to me it's like you know twitter twitter is so public and it never goes away you know it's like you could do a search for someone's name and like something that they've like uh, and a keyword or whatever and you find a conversation or something that they said three years ago and I think um you know it's kind of sort of dangerous I guess people forget that so many people are listening I know I've forgotten like there have been people that I've unfollowed who will answer something that I said and I'm going oh right you know I remember you
0: yeah I, think I guess ways I... of saying things too you know if you're having a bad night you could say tonight is hard as opposed mm-hmm. to my raid sucks. And there's also the whisper option, which people, I guess since Twitter came out, we kind of forget about that. If you're, you you've had it up to here and you need to blow off some steam. And that's what Real ID is for. That's what whispers are for.
2: But exactly, yes. it's a private conversation between two people, between you and your friends. And that's totally normal. It's not, you're not signing a uh, confidentiality agreement. or any, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have the right to talk to your spouse or your boyfriend or whatever about it. It's perfectly fine. I'm sorry,
3: you're in business time. That's forbidden. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but see, I would argue that if you go looking for that, like I know I actually wrote a post about this before. I think Luffy Tomb. if you're familiar with her, she had an issue where her guild or his sister guild had basically asked her to not do certain things. And my response to that was if you go looking for that, if you really want to know what someone's doing 24 hours a day and you make an effort to go looking for that, you can't very well complain about what you find because you expended effort to go find that. It wasn't as if, you know, you just logged onto your browser and bam, Luffy's Twitter was there. No, you went looking and you Googled her and you searched for her and you looked for her nickname and, and you wanted that. You wanted to go looking for something and you found it. I would essentially say to that, if you don't want to know what I'm thinking, don't look for it. And that would, well, that would it's just be my that, answer. It's,
0: when it's public, it's, you're making your whole guild look bad. It's not just about you. It's you know about all of you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to, like on Twitter, I don't tend to, and it was funny because when I was first on Twitter, nobody in my guild was on Twitter at all. And you know, if I was (laughs) frustrated, I could just be like, oh, you know, like I was so frustrated tonight or whatever. But now even that I don't tend to put on, you know, like we might have a hard night and I know Barrow said the other night, tonight was like a a second glass of wine kind of night. And I was just like, oh man, I hear you. And it, but it's nothing against my guild, but I try to keep it really, really general. Yeah, and like
0: ways of saying things. And, right. But also, too, it's not just, is your guildie going to find you? Is, is a new recruit, a potential applicant mm-hmm. going to find you, going to see it? Is he, Maybe you're going to change guild, that new guild. They see you talking trash about your old guild, what kind of idea they're going to have of you, which is, you know, everything that's public can be found, in not necessarily by people who are stalking you.
2: No, but for example, a new recruit, we've had some new recruits that were extremely uh, thorough about finding information about our guild before they uh, they finalized their application. Yeah, I'm
0: like that, yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sure you are. But that, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, you, you know me already.
2: <laughs> but that's the thing. You would probably be the kind of person to go and check, uh, Does that per, does the leader have a Twitter account? What are they saying? Was their style? And try to get to know them like that. And if they bitch about their their raid or, you know, like you said, there are certain ways to express frustration that does not target a, a person, an individual, or a whole raid group.
3: Well, the social networking is so pervasive, too, in the sense that, like, supposing something horrible happened to business time, I mean, like, everybody didn't want to play anymore, they just stopped, and we found ourselves needing a guild. I mean, probably the first place I would turn would be to Twitter rather than the general recruitment forums, and I would say, you know... Does does anybody know of a guild like this one that I'm looking for? And, um, you know, people that have me on their Twitter list would have been following me for a long time, and they'd probably have a sense of my personality and whether it would fit in with their guild even more than, you know, it's like a pre-interview interview. And they might just choose not to say anything if they thought, you know, oh, she's a really contentious person, or she's just always, you know, bad her guilds or whatever. So it it can definitely cut both ways, I suppose.
0: And, and- Yeah. And when you're not sure, there's always the, you know, ways of communication. Um, like being a blogger and I've, you know, I've been a blogger for a very long time and I've always been, well, since I've been a blogger, I've been in deals with other bloggers and when we want to talk about each other and, you know, we'll just, I'll, I'll like message someone and say, hey, do you mind if I talk about this? And they'll say yes or no. And mm-hmm. um, one time I did lose my cool on Twitter and I just like went, hey, shit, and you know, one of my. We don't have a GM. We don't have officers. We're kind of a democratic guild. But um, our raid leader messaged me and go, you know, maybe that. Maybe there are, you know, other ways we can work at it. You know, let's find solutions so that, you know, we were kind of embarrassed by what you did. And, you know, maybe we can find a way so that doesn't happen again. And so we worked, we found solutions, and it hasn't happened again. So, you know, you can always communicate with people and adjust. Because it's not black and white what you can post, what you can't post, but you can, you know, test the waters, see how people feel.
2: And that's the thing. It's always. We're playing with people, okay? It's not just uh, faceless drones behind a computer. We're dealing with people that have real emotions. So every time you write something, every time you blog something, every time you say something, uh, whether it's on vent or anything like that, you have to remember that there's somebody at the other end. And how are they going to take that message? Would you you want to be told that you're a complete fuck-up in that raid? Possibly not. Or if you if you're told, you would prefer to probably hear it yourself instead of having it invent with 24 other people hearing that the raid leader is really um, telling you every single small thing that you're doing wrong.
3: That boss guy, he's terrible.
2: I'm awful.
1: I worry about that because to me and oh god, I feel like such an odd person out here, but it's like To me, and and I could be thinking in extremes, but I just, it seems like a slippery slope because if you, if you take the time to consider every sentence that you write, and I can understand that some topics may warrant a little more consideration than others, but at the end of the day, someone is going to take something a certain way and you can take certain precautions to try to vent that, but you can do all the the precautions that you want but that doesn't mean that someone's still not going to take it the way they want to and i just feel like if you spend too much time poring over that and considering it then it might inhibit you from writing and creating and i think there are times where you need to just sort of bite the bullet and say how you feel and 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 hope to god somebody gets it the way you want them to and if they don't you know, you can be sorry about it, but I just, I just really worry when I see people spending too much time thinking about that, like there's a certain amount of time that should go into that. And then there's overkill where at what point are you even doing what you want anymore, because you're so worried
2: about that image of that message going across. Well, on that, maybe my opinion is a bit tainted too, because I'm not as proficient a blogger as any of you guys, actually. And oh, my I'm blog... Not. <laughs> well, my blog is mainly uh, techniques about how to tank, uh, technique about raiding, lead, leading, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really talk about anything that's going on in the raid. So for me, it's mainly talking about the communication within the group. And so for me, yeah, it is very much about communication. You always... You encode your message, then it goes, and the person at the other end needs to decode it. So you have to be as clear as possible for them to decode it the correct way. And when it comes to feelings, somehow it blurs things. It does. It it definitely does.
0: And I think it's something that comes with experience, too. I, I know what my current guildies, what they're comfortable with what they're not comfortable with and you know if I do make a mistake it's not the end of the world like I don't really worry about it because I know that if I say something wrong someone will come up and tell me and said you know I wasn't too comfortable with you saying that and yeah I know what their limits are and so it's not really something I worry about too much anymore unless I'm talking about something really really sensitive and then if it's that sensitive do I really need to write about it yeah, for me, it's so, a,
1: <laughs> and I have to admit, I, I've never really had that filter. So, like you know, if I, I feel more prone to write about something that I'm going through, that's very sensitive. I mean, I, I I've written about it all. I wrote about you know, I'd never rage quit a guild before. I wrote about it, and I talked about it, and I, you know, I was asked to pre-pot. I questioned my raid leader. I wrote about it. I feel like those are the things that should be written about. I, I'm more inclined to write about it if it's something that's passionate or you know, inspiring me in that way. I, I don't. I've never been that blogger that writes about my night. Where Tuesday, July 21st, we raided this. No, I. I, I just feel like the moments, those moments, are what we should be writing about.
0: I still like that's to me. resolve issues before I write about them, if I can. Um, and actually, what is most dangerous for me is if I can't resolve the problem with the person, if I can't ask them, hey, can I talk about this on my blog, and I end up doing it anyway, then that's, that's where I walk into dangerous waters.
1: Yeah, I've, I've never. <laughs> I, I can't relate, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I've, I've had too many Gillies that are bloggers.
1: Well, I've also and like I said, I mean, I mean, apopiosis was crawling with bloggers, and then the group that I raid with now, most of them are either on elitist jerks, they're in forums, they're on Twitter. You know, I've just always been around people that get it. I guess where we've all just been open books, so. I, I think if I weren't in that situation, like if I were maybe with 24 people who weren't tapped into the blogosphere and didn't read Wow Insider, or didn't have Twitter, you know, probably, but I guess like that I've just always been with people who got program and, and, and that's always something I've made sure they're okay with before I join. And I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I can't really relate, I'm afraid.
2: I think it might be also a difference between, well, when uh, Vid and I are blogging, well basically leading the guild. And so there is an extra layer of paying attention about what, what we're saying. The same way that we're when we're leading the guild and we're we leading raids or anything like that, we have to we have to be aware that everything that we put in public will it's the image that the guild is being uh, is displaying, and it's the communication that the guildies will be getting. And it might be a difference between the guild leader blogging and the uh, the guildy blogging.
0: It just comes
1: down to that line of the personal versus the professional again. You know, like, if that were me... I know somebody had mentioned, what would you do if you found a GM of a guild you were thinking of applying to posting or tweeting? I I have to say that really wouldn't be a part of my decision-making process. Like I would understand that that's their outlet, and and as long as the guild was performing, and I would be looking at it again from the business angle, I would be looking at their their kills, their progression, their numbers. That would weigh in more to me than oh, he likes to rant on his blog. Like that wouldn't even be a factor to me. Well,
0: to me, it would depend what it is they're ranting about. If if sounds like the guild is a really dramatic place and it's full of people who are obsessed with loot then no i'm not going to want to join that guild
3: i agree yeah
0: (laughs) i for me it would be more social i have to say
1: like i know when i was looking for a guild this most recent go-around i was in vent one of those times i was invited on event and the guy sounded great and all of a sudden he started talking and he liked a particular word. And I'm gonna go ahead and say it, because that's what I do. So he was describing the core of healers. And he was like, Well, we have this druid and he rapes the meters. Uh, and 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 then uh, and then someone else comes along and he and he rapes those two. And then there's just raping. And then I'm just like, Okay, I can't be in your guild anymore. So I'll admit that was a turnoff. I mean, I will go there and say if that drove me away, or if somebody was very homophobic or misogynistic, but it would have to be it would have to be, like, you mentioned the ranting, or you mentioned if they were obsessed with loot. That really wouldn't turn me off, but things like that would. And maybe we just all have our triggers, but I wouldn't find those things it that you mentioned. It to
0: the kind of relationship you have with your guild. When I join a guild, it's hopefully for life, <laughs> or until the game quits. <laughs> I mean, the the shortest I've ever been in a guild is actually my current guild, and I've been with them for, like, what, seven months? And this is, like, the least time I've ever spent with a guild, and they were only supposed to be my transition guild. And so, to me, it's really important to have a really good environment, and I'm someone who gets involved. Like, that person who just, you know, takes over the guild bank, that person who writes up all the policies, like, who takes notes and, like, makes them all look really nice. So, that's me. So, I really need to feel like this is going to be my home, I'm going to feel comfortable here, I'm going to belong. And... The impression someone puts, uh, does of their, gives of their guild on their blog that makes a big difference to me
2: it's because you invest so much of yourself in the guild it's not you're not just there it's just like your
0: relationships
2: well Well, i've written a bunch of
0: times that yeah i've traded in real life relationships for guild relationships
1: don (laughs) moore and i were talking about that (laughs) yeah don moore and i were talking about that once about how our guild histories are like sex in the city (laughs) like you know you've got your aiden guild your big guild your petrovsky guild like it really is like that and to a certain extent just it's it's freaky how that works well
2: yeah, it is. But that's the thing. It, it's really, It goes back to expectations. What do you expect out of your guild? What does your ex- your guild expect out of you? It's the same thing uh, from the start. So, Ophelia, what she wants is something that she can be proud of. And not just proud of because they get kills. Proud of because she identifies herself with the guild. And Ophelia, correct me if I'm wrong. But she identifies herself with the guild. She's going to invest a ton of time to try to make that guild as successful as possible. So that with that kind of investment, of course, she's going to look at, well, are these people that can be proud to say that I'm belonging to the same group with them? If you're looking at, okay, well, what I want out of, out of the game, out of this, is really, I want those skills, I want uh, to to have that kind of progression. It's really, it really depends on what you want. If you're looking for for a group that is just about boy, all about he's the describing our
1: love
3: lives to a T. <laughs> I'm
1: like <laughs> blushing over here, like, uh oh.
3: Well, (laughs) you're all about the numbers, huh? (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, I. I guess for me though, like I always hear these stories, and I remember when the Valor Point thing came out, and you, you know, people were commenting, and they were like, you know, I always hear these stories of guilds who love each other and they hold hands and they skip into the instance portal together, and that's beautiful. But I've never had that, and and to tell you the truth, I, I've never raided to make friends. Like I mean, that maybe sounds callous, but like that's never been what I do it for. Like if I can find people that I happen to coexist with and we have a few laughs, that's gravy. But like, again, that's never been why I do it. You know, I do what I do. To to be in the screenshot. I do what I do to rake the kill up and to to be on the log and to get the loot and things like that. And it's just, it's what you, you know, we all do it for different reasons, but mine's never been that. You know, I've been in guilds where I haven't liked a lot of the people, but I, I recognize that they're all amazing players. And, and, you know, like I said, the business kind of took over after a certain point. And, you know, the personal has never weighed more than the business.
2: Well, for us, actually, when we left uh, our previous guild before, it was, it was heart-wrenching, uh, because it was people that we all liked, liked. but it was just, for example, uh, Vid was healing at the time, and uh, we, there were two healing old Dwar. She was doing about 70% of the heals uh, on uh, Hodir. It was just amazing the amount of strats that we had to change, because we had, the DPS was so poor that we had to have 7 DPS to even beat uh, Ignis. And so, At some point, we wanted something more out of the game, but it was a very hard decision for us at the time. So really, like you said, it really depends on what you want out of the game. For you out of the game, it's the game itself. And I guess for probably the three of us and probably why uh, we disagree on, on that point, it's because for the three of us, it's the relationships
3: you know it was funny too because i remember leaving our old guild and i said to Voss, like i don't know if he was laughing internally but he didn't say anything i said you know that's it like i'm i'm done with this i'm not going to be friends with these new guildies you know we're this is they're going to be my colleagues that's what they're going to be and we're just going to raid together and that's it that's so i won't get involved like this he didn't really say anything
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I have done it before. I've like okay, you know what? It's just going to be about business now. I'm going to show mm-hmm. up, I'm going to do my raise, I'm going to go home. And you know, it just it's it's not against my nature. I can't be I can't be like that. No. And it's involved. funny because you mentioned that too, Ophelia. You had even said that if if the
1: relationships weren't there and the friendships weren't there, that you wouldn't have a reason to play anymore. I think you even said it on a podcast that you know if you don't play the game necessarily for the game, you do it for the people. And it's funny because for me, it would be the opposite. If, if I was in a guild with all my real life friends, but we were couldn't even get one out of seven in Firelands, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But well, I, I
0: think it's did a bit that. of both. Oh yeah, I I want something more. You know, I I like the game, too. I just, I think I need it all. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be cutting edge. But, yeah, I still like to have a little bit of progression.
1: Yeah, it's just it's interesting how you like I say we each had our opposites of what it would take for us to leave the game. Where if you didn't have any friends who were playing anymore and you weren't getting the social enjoyment out of the game or the fulfillment, you'd be done at that point. And for me it would be the opposite. If if the rating stopped, the kills stopped, if that wasn't an option anymore, it wouldn't matter how many people I loved the game with and for, I'd be out. And it's just interesting that we each have our, our deal breakers, I guess, or what it would take to make us leave.
2: Well, to go back to the relationship metaphor, Ophelia wants to be married to her best friend.
1: <laughs> I'm totally against that. I think that's so disturbing, but that's another time, I guess. But um, So, in closing, or I know I was told to ask Vid about this one, if someone came up to you or someone left a comment on your guild saying, I want to start a guild, tell me what to do, should I do this, what would you say to them?
3: oh right because we okay this was in the right and and the prevailing response is don't do it you know like <laughs> if you want to start a guild don't start a guild and no, you know what i've actually i've considered about this i've considered this because I, it wasn't that wasn't my quote actually i wasn't the one that said don't do it because i mean oh, that's it, a, a lot
0: of a lot of gm say don't do it yeah i mean that's but it a little a lot flip. Of different meanings and i made in my post when i posted it mm-hmm. i picked the meaning that i wanted um but uh, let's, let's hear what you're meaning and then what you right, uh, you know, it, it could
3: back. It could mean don't do it because it's horrible and I hate it or, you know, don't do it because it's just, you know, it's too much time or whatever. It could, like you say, it could mean so many things. What I mean when I say don't do it is actually, it's it's a little more nuanced than that. It's, okay, if someone came up to me and said, I want to start a guild, you know, whatever, this guild, I would ask them, what do you want your guild to be? You know, is it is it going to be a guild that's a ten-man progression guild that raids on this night this night this night and at these times or you know is it is it something unique like maybe you're on an RP server and it's a particular RP concept and if it's something that actually doesn't exist anywhere I would be I would say I'd be the first one to say you know what By all means, you know, fly at it. I hope you're very successful, um, because sometimes people want something very specific that just doesn't exist. Maybe they want to raid, um, you know, level 70 raids. Maybe they think Burning Crusade was the best ever. They don't want to go past, and there are guilds that do that kind of classic raiding, and, you know, that stuff, it's very niche, and maybe you do need a guild to do that. If you're looking to create something that exists in lots of places, in lots of ways, the reason I would say don't do it, is because Recruit right now is so, so hard. And especially if you're starting out and you're a completely new guild, you don't have any, any kind of background behind you. You don't have the chops to say, well, we've raided this because you haven't raided anything. Your guild is new. You want to attract new people. You have to figure out what, what is going to make them want to join your guild and why are you making it instead of looking and saying, you know, is there a guild doing this exact same thing? Because there are guilds out there and we almost all are recruiting. We, we need people. The number of guilds has been it exploded with Cataclysm. You know, there was ten man's became this huge thing, lots of twenty five man's downsized and became tens, or they raid multiple tens or whatever, or people said, I'm gonna make a new guild for cataclysm with my friends and what I'm finding is that the pool of available and excellent players is really, really dwindling. Like, you know, I, I need a moon kit and I'm looking on the forums and it's like Resto Druid, Resto Druid, Resto Druid, Prot Warrior, Resto Druid, and I'm going, I don't need any of these. So it's not necessarily about don't do guild leading so much as it is if if you think that your vision is so unique that it can't be reproduced el- elsewhere then do it but otherwise consider joining a guild that has similar aims from you know that match with what you'd like and make yourself an important part of that guild you know um take take a leadership role do things be like hopefully help to manage the bank help to set up other events you know guilds are starving for want of people who can contribute that kind of thing. I mean, even in my guild, we don't have that many people that would be officers. <laughs> and I've asked them, you know, I said, would you Would you be, oh, no, no, not me. And they kind of laugh, you know, I don't want to be an officer because a lot of people don't want that hassle. So especially if you're the kind of person that's willing to accept extra responsibility and contribute to make a guild something better than what it is, I think that there are a lot of guilds out there that could stand to benefit. And you could stand to benefit too because you're not starting from the ground up. You don't have to worry about attracting people to this improved guild you don't have to have the headaches and you know like sleepless nights wondering is it me am i not doing something right or you know i i think that Lots of places could benefit from someone who's passionate, that wants to, wants to make a place a good place. You don't necessarily have to have a guild leader next to your name in order to do that. And I think people don't necessarily take that into account when they think, oh, you know, I'm just going to make this utopia that it's going to be the best guild ever because it's my guild. But it, it doesn't always work that way.
1: Now, would you feel the same if at the start? I mean, I can understand where you're coming from just because we are, you know, seven months, eight months into an expansion. Would you say that you would have felt this way? Like, I would think that the start of a new expansion would be a good time. Would you agree with that? Or would you say that you felt the same even going in Nakata?
3: Um, you know, I probably still would have said the same, and we were still looking for people. My actual, my, the only complaint I had about going into Cata was that lots of people thought that they would get more into it than just because there's a new expansion, and they were kind of banking on having that. So just after um, a new expansion launches, there's always going to be openings and guilds, I think, because a lot of people, you know, that might be losing interest in the game think, well, I'll just hang around for the start of this and see how it goes, and then all of a sudden you find yourself down people, which is exactly what happened to us. We started 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 bleeding people out around late January through February and beyond. So You know, um, like I say, like I don't, I don't ever want to be the person that's discouraging someone. Like, if you truly are passionate and you think that leading a guild is going to be the only thing that can make you happy, then you know, more power to you. By all means, do it, and I hope that you're successful with it. Because I think you know, we're all playing this game for different reasons, and if it's not fun, then why bother? But I just think that you know, if there's a place that's doing something similar, like what what Ophelia's doing, you know, where she joined up with a guild and she's making herself. an important part of the guild. She didn't say, well, you know, I'm sick of, (laughs) I've been in too many guilds. I'm sick of these guilds. I'm just going to make my own. I mean, it's always an option. I just question, you know, is it the best option? It certainly, it didn't work out for us. We tried to lead our own guild on our other server. And um, that's why we ended up joining business time. And I kind of wanted to be rank and file at the time. You know, I just wanted to let somebody else do Leading and it it ended up that you know didn't turn out that way and that's fine because guild leading it it can be the most rewarding thing and also the most exhausting thing ever. I mean, I at this point in time I wouldn't trade it. When I first started doing it, you know, it was definitely a lot harder. Now I think it it's absolutely worth it for everything that you get out of it. And you know, if if it's something that you're passionate about, then you can't go too far wrong. But I think it's important to look at your motivations.
0: You know, so let you think. And um, you know, why you want to do it, and how prepared are you to do it? And I got a comment from Boris too. He said, "Well, when I say don't do it, I mean don't inherit, uh, don't start a guild from scratch. Try and inherit one." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a big difference, as you were saying. You know, starting a guild, having to recruit all these people when you know even long established guilds are having trouble. And, you know, it, it's a fairly different situation from coming into a guild where there's already people there, there's certain rules you have some framework to work with, you're not just jumping out into the void. Exactly. So what do you think it would take to make you
1: not want to do it anymore because obviously we have read about blogs closing up shop and blizzard losing subscribers and people being done with the game and moving on to other games and you you said it was you know very fulfilling and you do enjoy it but you know have you ever had that thought of maybe i'm done or anything like that would you know it would you know what to do if that feeling came or have you ever had that feeling before
3: you know, I, I guess it's tough, because it's one of those things that's so hard to pin down. I mean, I feel, I always feel an immense responsibility to the people that are in the guild with me. You know, like, we put the time in together, we've built this thing together, and, you know, I know some people sort of take a break, they're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to play for a couple months, and that's not really an option when you're a guild leader, unless you have someone sort of waiting in line that could easily inherit the guild without too much being... Uh, too much upheaval, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, there there have been times more so than others when I think, you know, is this, is this, like when there's, when there's big drama happening or something, or when we lose a lot of players, um, you know, I always, I always say to myself, like, if I lost, like, this many players, I would just call it quits at this point. Like, if, you know, this percentage of my guild just left at one time, I would just go, ah, forget it, you know. But it's, it's never, it's never really gotten to that point. And I guess, So long as I'm still invested enough in the people and I'm still having fun playing with the people that are there, then that just has to outweigh, I guess, the work that comes with maintaining a guild. Cause I mean, that is the, the reward for me is the rating and the people that I get to do it with. And that's what justifies the time and the effort that I have to put into recruiting the right kind of people that are going to make it a place that I love to be. So I suppose the ultimate answer is if it stopped being a place where I loved to be through, you know, whatever reason, attrition or whatever, at that point, I might, I might look at stopping. I would probably take a break and then maybe seek another guild. I don't, I don't know if I would be completely done with... We started in the Burning Crusade, so we're not We're not quite as old-timey as uh, some other people are. That was still a while ago. Absolutely. it's. It's been such a great experience for me, really. I, I can't say enough good things about how much I've enjoyed being a guild leader and getting into the... You know, I didn't ever anticipate, like both the problems and the rewards that would come from assuming this kind of And I I know it sounds kind of pompous. I don't mean to like puff it up or like, you know, I'm serious business on the internet, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that way, but you know, it's, it's definitely, I think it's helped me in a, like in a lot of personal ways too. I mean, it's helped me to, to realize what, what do I want out of this game? What do I enjoy? You know, what am I willing to deal with? And, you know, um, definitely it's helped me sort of step up and become a better leader, which is something I never imagined a video game would do, but it can bring you things you don't even expect. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that, uh, you know,
1: taking away real life lessons from the game or even our blogs.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was it was guildies that actually, um, you know, my, my guild is so intertwined with me now, I, I don't even know if <laughs> I say, oh, yeah, I'd find another guild, but I don't know, because it was a guildie that said to me, you know, you should start a blog because I started, um, I did my, my pugging pally experiment or whatever, and I was just writing about it on the guild forums. And it, I never intended it to become a public thing. And someone said, you know, you, you need to make this into a real blog. Now it's been almost two years later, and blogging itself has been another thing that I definitely, I don't think I could see myself stopping blogging anytime soon. Yeah.
0: So, Ophelia, do we have anything else for these fine folks? I don't have any more questions. Um, did you guys have anything you wanted to say?
2: Uh, no, I think I think we covered pretty much all the ideas that we had, which were quite numerous.
0: I just hope we didn't
2: talk too much. <laughs> You no. have a guest! You're supposed to be
1: talking! <laughs> That's our way. Like I said, we we had re- we realized we've been gone for a little while, so we've been. I don't think we have consciously been doing it, but it's the least we can do. You know, I know people have been looking forward to our new episodes, so if we give them a little more to listen to, I think that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I know our last two, starting with Sinwise, have been kind of longer, and we have packed more into it, and that's sort of our way of saying, you know, thanks for waiting or thanks for sticking with us. And I I I think we we wanted to invite you two because we knew you two would talk and we knew you would fill up the time with us and you would say things people wanted to hear so we're really glad that we got you and i'm glad that we got you because i know there were a couple people we reached out to that turned us down for one reason or another and you know i know you guys were on vacation so i was kind of worried that that was happening again <laughs> and I'm, I'm really fortunate and i'm really happy that we did get you so i thank you very much for coming on with us that's very kind of you too
2: well no problem it was a lot of fun yeah,
0: well, yeah I think thanks we for being enjoyed. on the show and, and... Can you tell our listeners where to find you if they want to read your blogs or chat with you on Twitter?
2: Oh, yeah,
3: definitely. Um, my blog is manalicious.wordpress.com, and I'm on Twitter as underscore um, at Vidyala. That's V-I-D-Y-A-L-A. It is Vidiala Yeah.
1: Okay, I've been calling you Vidalia for months. So <laughs> like if, the onion, if, right? Right, so if I... <laughs> I don't mean it in any sort of slight, but I do have to sort of stop, and it's like, she's not an onion, She okay, they, there we go.
3: You know, I didn't even think of it when I named the character, and then people have been, my guildies joke about that, too. It's like, oh, you know, when I switched to a healer, it was like, too bad your your onion's not a shaman. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, I've That's gotten that, too. Cold.
1: Yeah, I've gotten, I mean, I'm not Estrus anymore, but when I was, it was, oh, Estrus, Osterus, Oysters, Toys R Us. I've gotten every <laughs> variation, so I've, I've been there. And Vasca, where can we find you?
2: Well, I'm on the Twitter with as uh, Vasca, V-O-S-S-K-A-H. And uh, my blog that I really need to update is uh, swordboard.wordpress.com.
1: And if anybody listening is looking for a 10-man guild, you're looking for what?
3: A Moonkin or a Shadow Priest? Yeah, that seems to be what a lot of people are looking for. I know. It's, yeah. it's I'm sure like they It's they're exist. An endangered... I, I think I'm going to write a blog post, like, have you seen me? Which is <laughs> funny.
1: Which is funny, because when I was looking for a guild, I didn't experience that at all. Everybody wanted Disc Priest. Everybody at that time was loaded up on Shadow Priest. So it's, it's, and it's funny, because I used to hear... I knew so many people who gave up healing or said they were going to, to go Shadow. So I think it's interesting now that there's suddenly a, a drought of them.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know what it's about. I mean, I find Moonkin sometimes, but they always, always want a 25-man guild, and I don't really know why.
1: And they're in such a good place right now. I'm surprised that more people like wouldn't want to do it. Like, if theres I don't think it's the playstyle that's driven them away or anything like that.
3: It's Resto. It's all Resto. The only druids I can find they are all Resto.
1: Oh god, I logged on Estrus the other day to play Resto, and I was so confused. Harmony just blew my mind. I would be Moonkin
3: <laughs> in a heartbeat. So Hopefully otherwise... there's some other Resto that thinks that. <laughs>
1: It's true. Harmony is bad. Go join business time. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so if there's nothing else, uh, hopefully you want to close us out.
0: Time to wrap up. Yeah, so thanks so much for being on the show, and thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, we'll hopefully be back again in two weeks with another (laughs) exciting topic.
1: Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one.
0: Bond. James Bond.